Hey everyone, Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me is about to start, but podcast fans, we want to tell you that Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and many others like it. Although, Adam, I don't, I don't think there's any other podcast like this one. Not on planet Earth, Scott. <laughs> well, maybe you talking you two to me. Maybe there's uh, some similarities. But um, you can stream these on your mobile device, your desktop app, and your smart speaker. Do you have a smart speaker? I have a speaker that is so smart. How smart, smart is it? That old, that old uh, dependable war. No, horse. no, you got to come in yeah. with a punchline. Oh, right. After that, oh, I. So I have a, a speaker that is really smart. How smart is it? It's so smart it makes Einstein look like a dumb shit. <laughs> Open the app Sorry. on your mobile device or desktop, click on the browse channel, and then click Should on the podcast section. No, we're okay. good. Right. You'll be able to stay thoroughly entertained during your commute to work, drive home, and downtime now, thanks to Spotify. Spotify! And remember, stream it to your smart speaker, so smart it makes Einstein look like a dumb shit. <laughs> From chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively, that is, this is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll uh, uh, music. 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 Sound outrage. Music. Music, music. This is music. Wait, is this what we're listening? Is this music right here? Is this music? You what? call this music? I'll introduce you in a second. But what? Fine. What? <laughs> what would you consider to be music? What's the bare minimum? You know, it's got. I I think that any sound. That's that's the great thing about being a human being is that you're, you're a human being. <laughs> I am a human. Did you not know I'm a human? Show being? me your penis, and let me just really figure this out. I love how you're miming it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I have to mime it. You are a consummate professional actor. I have to say, um, this is like watching Our Town or something. It's well, it's it's like watching something, <laughs> huh? Huh? Um, I think anything can be music, from the the lowliest bullfrog croaking. Yeah. To a to, symphony orchestra. You know what I think could be music and maybe the most beautiful music in the world? Mm. A leaf landing on the ground after oh. falling from a high tree. Listen to that. I just wrote a song. And then... And then mushroom cloud. <laughs> Nuclear <laughs> destruction. Badoosh. Dagoosh. <laughs> that's the sound. That's the, the sound of music. Make. What kind of tree is that? Do you think? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know my trees. Let's wait a minute. Let's Are go we, through the trees. Let's go through. Wait. Is this an episode of Let's Go Through the Trees? I believe so. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Go Through the Trees. Uh, this is Scott, and this is Scott, and of course we're talking about trees. Wait, is this an episode of talking about trees? I believe so. 
Hey everyone, welcome to Talking About Trees. This is Scott, and this is Scott. And today we're just talking about trees. Um, we uh, should, you know what we should do? We should let's go through the trees. Okay. Wait, is this an episode of Let's Go Through the Trees? I believe it is. Hey everyone, let's <laughs> go through the trees. Let's go through the trees. Welcome to it. This is Scott, and this is Scott. And uh, today we're just talking about trees. Oh shit! Wait, I'm is sorry. this an episode to talk about trees? I believe so. Hey everyone, welcome to Talking About Trees. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're just talking about trees, and uh, I love them. Me, me too. And I love talking about them. I love talking about them. They, they're, uh, they, they shoot up out of the ground. What else shoots up out of the ground Nothing. when you really think about it? Nothing, except a landmine. That's why <laughs> landmines and trees land are mines, in the same general trees family. Trees are the landmines of the earth. They sure are. And you know what one of the great things about trees is? Is that it's something you can just look at it's so little in nature can you just look at you can just stand there and just look at it just look at it just check it out and if you look at it long enough it may do a little dance oh most definitely (laughs) you've seen trees do little dances haven't you the time scott wow well that's been talk about trees this is scott this is scott good app well, I, I believe now we're, now we're back in, to going yeah, through we're, the trees. Yeah, we're going through the trees. Let's go through them. What do we got? Pine. Pine, of course. Of uh, course. The bra- I, I, the, can't th- I can't think of anything. The Brady tree? The Brady tree? I believe that's a tree. The Brady tree? The like Brady the, tree. Like the Brady Bunch? No, James Tom- Brady. James Brady. <laughs> like the Brady Bill? Yes. They they came up they, with a tree. They came up with a tree. They came up with one concurrently with the bill. There was a tree. They were like, Am "Should I we do wrong? the bill or should we do the tree?" You know what? Let's do both. Let's do both and just see I what sticks. Tree, yes. And then it was a bill and mm, a and, bill and, and a tree. And a, That's uh, amazing. Law and, that is amazing. The tree. All right, we've we've gone through them. Yeah, we'll see you next time. And Brady. Pine and Brady. See you next time. Bye. So now we're talking about trees, and yeah. uh, trees are great. You know, you know what I love, Scott. Tell me. I love the fact that trees—they have a smell. They have an odor. They certainly—they do have an odor. It's not pleasant. It's not a pleasant odor. No, they it's stink. disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> trees stink. They generally stink. They bad. I wish we could cut them all down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just cut them down. Leave the stumps, sir. Oh, yeah, this is stupid stumps. Just so, and, and we see the stumps just like receipts. Like, yeah, yeah, we, cut yeah, yeah. we cut that down. That's we cut that down. We cut that down. We cut that down. You know what I like, though? After they're cut down and there's that pitiful stump coming up <laughs> out of the earth, come with a backhoe and just pull that stump pull up the out stump of the out. earth. Yes, and pull burn it, it Burn it. Fuck trees. I hate them. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. So let's go through the trees. Yeah. We got pine. I know there's such, such a tree as pine. You don't know that? I do know that. Yeah, that's no, the one that's that I know. Sure. Um, eucalyptus. That's another one. That's that's not a tree. That's it's a, not? That's a type of leaf. Gotcha. Um, uh, oh. The Zeke tree? Zeke tree? Zeke. Like, like Zika? Like Zeke, like Z-E-E-C-K- and then a silent Y. Really? Zeke. Zeke? The Zeke tree. The Zeke. Yeah. T H E Z 
E E C K. Is there a space y. anywhere? The Zeke. The Zeke tree. The Zeke. The Zeke tree. tree. All right. Well, we've gone through the trees. Pine, not eucalyptus, and, and the, the Zeke. Zeke. Great. See you next time. Bye. Bye. All good apps. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah, good yeah, apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way to start a show. Sure is. Great it's way before, to start a day. It's morning. <laughs> By the way, morning recording. I want to, I want to, this is, I haven't even, we haven't even introduced each other. No. Uh, this is a rare, rare morning recording. Yeah, usually it's at the end of our day. At the end of the day, we're, uh, we've taken off our ties. We've rolled up our shirt sleeves. Yep. Uh, but today we've just put on our ties. Yeah. Our shirt sleeves are, are all the way down. And buttoned. Mm-hmm. Tight. Like tight. really tight. Really super tight. Ouch. I, I'm very uncomfortable Why with what I'm wearing. Why are your hands purple? Um, let's let's uh, welcome everyone to the show. And before I do that, I want to introduce myself. This is Scott. And sitting across the table from me is my PNC, partner in crime. Ooh. He, you know him from uh, Krampus. We talked about it last ep, I believe. And uh, that's it. That's it. If you saw Krampus, you got a pretty good idea who I'm talking to right now. No, not David Keckner. Not Tony Collette. <laughs> nope. Well, it's was, me. <laughs> how is Collette? So rad. She's yeah, the best. She's uh, a ma- uh, what was that first movie she did? Uh, about the wedding, Wasn't Muriel's she? wedding. Yeah, yeah. She about played that, Muriel. About that woman, Muriel, who had a wedding. Yeah. Uh, you know him. Scott is here with me. Uh, I know you brought a long list of fans that you want to say hello to. Uh, yeah. So uh, go ahead, run them down. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment. Thank you for giving me the of course the mic for a sec here. Mm-hmm. We should, uh, by the way, there's only mic. one mic. Yeah, we Usually we're like Little course. Steven and and uh, Bruce Springsteen. You you hold the mic and then I go like this and I speak into it. <laughs> yeah, over we're my back shoulder. back to back. Yeah, <laughs> we're over the shoulder boulder holders. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> over the shoulder boulder holders. I had a I had a teacher, Mrs. Holder, in eighth grade, and we called her. Mrs. Over-the-Shoulder Boulder Holder <laughs> to her face. What'd she think of that? Terrible. Yeah. Why? What it kind, of, what kind of kid was I? Uh, yes. So go ahead and say hello to, to all of your... Yeah. I just wanted to say hello mm-hmm. to my friends. Mm. I wanted to say hello to my family. Mm. I wanted to say hello to my fans. Hmm. And hey, Scott. Hmm. I wanted to say hello to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, very, very, very nice. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You're a very warm person. Thank you. Like, like physically. Yeah, I'm burning you, up. Over you, here. you have a fever. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about you. 104. If it gets to 105 while we're doing the show, please call an ambulance. Okay, I definitely will. How high are temperatures ever supposed to go? Like, what's only the- up to 111? One eleven is the top. That's when you need to uh, go to the hospital. Mm. I want you to call an ambulance, but then tell them to to hold right. off. Yeah, like yeah. beyond the Thank alert. You. If Until we get to one eleven, one eleven. This one goes up to one eleven. Oh, that's a reference. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. Spinal Tap, the uh-huh. movie. Yeah, the movie. I love that movie. The movie, not the band. Right. Welcome to the show. This is uh, we're talking about REM. 
Exclusively. Exclusively. And by the way, this episode, we're going to be talking about- uh, Oh, shit. I forgot the book. I got the book Did you get the, the book? And you I forgot to bring idiot. it. idiot. I'm a moron. I've been reading it, too. Oh, really? I love it so much. God Wait, damn it. Wait, did you already own it? I did, but I it's in storage. But it's storage, yeah, yeah, yeah. God okay, so you've been re- so we'll finish reading it and then and then give it to me. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. I it's have, called it "Crawled from the South." Okay. It's a great book. And we are talking about REM, and so does that book. And I look forward to reading it. I've been reading, of course, this uh, talk about the passion and oral history. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the passion, literally. Um, I don't. I guess that doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> you no. <laughs> but uh, the passion of REM. Uh, but we're going to be talking the entire episode. We are devoting to fables of the Reconstruction, classic REM record. It was my favorite REM record for a while. Weird. Uh, we're going to be talking about that the entire episode. But yep. before we get to that, um. Little little business. Uh, you were saying hello to some friends. I want to say hello to uh, some fans out there who wrote us a nice note. I pass it on to you. Elizabeth Held, uh, she and her brother sent us uh, – well, she sent us a nice note about her and her brother uh, enjoying uh, the, the U2 show that we did and buying T-shirts uh, on Christmas Day. I sent it to you. You're okay. shaking your head. Do Can you I see read? it? Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, it's very nice. Uh, thanks to thanks to you for uh, writing to us, and we hope you're having a great day out there and have found what you're looking for. Uh, Elizabeth Held and her brother. I can't remember uh, her brother's that's name. That's awesome. Very nice, very nice note. Uh, nice to great. see my emails are getting through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with your communications? I don't know. They say in a war, yeah. knock out communications first, and yeah. it'll disable your opponent. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's how I feel. Someone, someone has done that to me. <laughs> that's how I feel when trying to get get a hold of you, yeah. <laughs> trying to schedule this show sometimes. Well, that's because there once a potential group of days is thrown out, there are like seven things I need to go through to check if – Yes. To whittle it down. To wh- if you have time to do this. Y- yeah. Chief amongst uh, them, probably your family. No, no, no. No, no. no. Oh, okay. No, Sorry. No, no, what am I saying? No, 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 no. What do you got uh, at yeah, the top? No, no, no. no. That, that's your, exactly Your commitment right. to God. Yep. I have to make sure I have time from praying to come here. <laughs> Five times a day. Yep. Uh, <laughs> to the West. I have a punishing praying schedule <laughs> that, uh, that I have to pry myself away from. Um, yeah. Yes, I get it. Your 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 life is more complicated Especially during than during the holidays. That's right. You're listening to this in the future, but uh, Adam and I are uh, recording this during the holidays. Which holidays are these? This is like Fourth uh, of July. Yep, Fourth of July, 2016, and then hopefully this will be out by Labor Day, 2019. Hopefully, we have no idea. Cross your fingies. Um, speaking of fingies, yep. You ever uh, use those things uh, to uh, to eat a nice sandwich? Yeah. Oh man, they're I good, love, right? I love a good. Listen, I've said it many times. You can ask anyone. I love a good sandwich. I, I can ask anyone. Anyone. Anyone in the world. Anyone. Uh, ask anyone. Like uh, <laughs> Macron. Sure. Yeah, I said anyone. I mean anyone. You mean anyone? Do you have his number? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let me get Oh, okay. Let me call him yep. up here. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this uh Macron? Stan. 
Did you say C? No. <laughs> Did you mean we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, does Adam like sandwiches? C. C meaning yes? Say me, say where. <laughs> Thank you, bye. Mm, mm. I don't want to talk anymore. Okay. <laughs> so? So you do. So yeah. what's your favorite type of sandwich? Um, you know what? Strip I, all the bullshit away. Sure. Strip all, like, like just complete candor. What is your favorite type of sandwich? My favorite like, sandwich. Put, like, give it to me from bread down. Sure. From bread to bread, what is Scott's favorite sandwich? I like, my favorite is to take one slice of sourdough. Okay. Right? And the, the most, in my opinion, the most yeah. sour of breads. Yeah, well, they start with a dough that has a sour flavor to it, mm. and they just go from there. They, and they just they just work with it. They're and like, all, hey, should we throw this dough away? Yeah, and all sourdough is exclusively made in uh, in San Francisco. All sourdough. All, they, you can't all make it anywhere it. else. No, 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 no. It's, it's because, actually illegal. Yeah, it's because of the proximity to uh, Alcatraz, yeah. I believe. And all of the sourness, mm-hmm. the spirits. The, 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 the prisoners there were just so surly Ooh. and sour. They always had sour expressions on their faces. I mean, to be fair, they were in one of the hardest prisons to escape Scott, from. Scott, that's no excuse. Put a smile on your face. Right. Smile a little bit. Exactly. Hey, what do you think? Don't you think all the world's problems would would just disappear if we all just took a second to smile? What if we all just said, you know what? From sun up to sundown, yeah, I'm just gonna constantly smile at everyone. Yeah, what a wonderful world that oh, would just be. Just take a take a minute and smile. Just take a minute and smile to every single person you come across. Yeah, from the the lowly cashier at a Walmart. Oh yeah. That you happen to be in? Yeah. I'm trying to imagine our listeners' lives right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, else, what other shitty things do they do? Um, they're, boy, they're, just, just to, to like the, 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 the owner of a public toilet that yeah. he wants to give you the key, but you have to prove that you're actually shopping there. The homeless guy that lives in your car. <laughs> you. <laughs> no, they rent it out. <laughs> they rent, oh, wow. That's a nice side business. Little uh, little uh, rental income there. So you start with the sourdough on top. Are we talking top? No, this is the bottom. This is the bottom. Slice, you go. Scott. You go bottom up. Or bottom up. I when I make a sandwich, I go top up. Do you make sandwiches in an anti gravity room? <laughs> yes, I do. So the top piece of bread is floating, <laughs> but it just rests on the ceiling, and <laughs> yes. you go from there. <laughs> go from there. So okay, so you got a you got one piece of SD on the bottom. Got some SD down there, um, and then you, you know most people like to spread some. Some mayonnaise, some ketchup, some. But cream you're cheese. not most people. No, I'm not. I'm me. Mm. And you know what I do is I take a little dirky sauce. Dirky. And I put it on there. What's yeah. dirky sauce? Dirky. So- you don't know what? Dirky I don't know sauce what this is. is. No, it's delicious. It's a sauce uh, that you put on a sandwich. Oh, yeah. I got it now. Yeah. Dirky. Do you really not know? What I really don't know what dirty. We're, we're stepping outside the bit. Yeah, for yeah, a yeah. What is dirky sauce? So tell me everything. It's a like a spreadable thing for sandwiches. What is it? What, is it akin to another sauce? Dur- how do you spell it? Is it D like D U R K E E? I believe dirky. Dirky. Sauce. So is this like uh, what is it they 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 sell at Arby's the horsey sauce, which is like horseradish? <laughs> oh my god! Is this like turkey <laughs> sauce? It, hold on a second. <laughs> Does Arby's really have a sauce called called horsey, horsey sauce? sauce? Yeah, because I think horse and radish that it's a weird word. Okay, but to they be, don't to be want fair. you to think of 
of horse meat when they give you this sauce. You think they wouldn't be leaning into the horse part of it. They would call it radishy sauce, but that sounds disgusting. Horsey. Like, oh, horsey. Oh, I'm eating horse meat right now. Arby's is is weird. Yeah. They're they're a weird business. I'm trying to think of that old, there was an old Arby's joke from like, what's his name? Anyway, uh, so it was great. So are you, who, Mitch Hedberg? Anytime no. anyone says like, oh, is it, there's this comedian who does a joke, no, it's no, always it Mitch Hedberg. George, um, George Carlin doing his Ar- Arby's chunk? No. Um, so then then after the, the durky sauce is on there. I really don't know what durky is. What's it taste like? It's kind of a- uh, Is it a meat-based sauce? Um, or I'm going to look it up. A meat-based sauce? Yeah, like a no, gravy. It's like, it's like mayonnaise with kind of a, it has some spice to it. It has a little bit of a bite. It's really mm. good. It's it's like it's passed down from my waspy. This is you like know. okay, Durkee fan. Okay, it's so it's a brand. It's like it's like you calling ketchup Heinz sauce. No, 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 no. Durkee. It is a brand. Well, I'm sure it's a brand, but they have one thing that they do. Yeah, but you know what I mean when I say that. I I yes, I I'm able to understand <laughs> you understand words. Yeah. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Do you understand the words? <laughs> Now we're both wow, just looking Durkee at Wow, has a homepage. Durkee has a homepage. Uh, okay, yeah, they're kind they've, they've uh, platformed. It's, oh, it's, must, it's mustard and mayo. It it's is? like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, interesting. So it's mustard and mayo. Got it. It's it's odd to me that you've eaten this sauce your entire life and don't know Well, I don't currently is. have any in my refrigerator. I'm just thinking about the my top 10. Your top 10. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so Durkee on the bottom. Turkey on the party, bottom. Party on the top. <laughs> um, you know what I throw in there after the turkey sauce, uh, Scott, is I put turkey, ham, a <clears throat> couple of slices of, uh, of uh, salami, Ooh, some lettuce. Amazing. Some lettuce. Uh, wait, crisp lettuce or like wilty, wilty gross old lettuce? old warm lettuce. <laughs> okay, great. Been in the sun for two days. <laughs> okay, got it. Then I take a slice of... Of uh, of multigrain bread, multigrain on the top, on the top, or is this the middle, the middle, and then I put a big slice of meatloaf on top of the multigrain. Oh, bread. that sounds delicious! Big, big slice. How big? How big are we talking? Four inches thick. Four inches thick. Of that's me- a deep pan of meatloaf from Just Boston Market. Meatloaf. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is not homemade meatloaf. Uh, this no, has no, got to no, be no, no. from Boston Bo- Market. Boston Market. Have you ever had their meatloaf? Oh, yeah. Oh, I used man. to live uh, next to a Boston Market and eat there exclusively. I, I think I knew that, and that's a total bummer. But <laughs> got to get that meatloaf Got to get bread. that loaf. Got to get that loaf. I mean, they call it a loaf. If, if they don't want you to use it as hey. bread in a sandwich, call it something. Call it like meat chunk. Right. And you're, you know? Yeah. God or damn meat, it. Eat. Eat this meat. Eat this meat. That, I think more foods should should have what you're supposed to do with it in the name of the thing. You know, I found a bumper sticker at a gas station that just said, eat my meat on it once. <laughs> I stuck it on my friend's car. <laughs> That's like in and out urge. Yeah, he didn't know for a uh, long time. Uh, I had a uh, Austin Powers uh, license plate uh, frame uh-huh. that said, do you fancy a shag? And I put it on David Cross's car. It's the best. Was, yeah, it's some good shit. Some good shit. Uh, um, that's a good sandwich. That sounds delicious. No, I'm not done. Oh shit! After after, after the meatloaf, what's the meatloaf, on top of there? Put a bunch of just ground up triscuits. 
on top of that. I, I didn't, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, but the rule is you can't let any of the ground up Triscuits fall off onto the plate or you have to throw the whole thing away. I think Triscuits should be called Tris Sketches. Me too. Let's because do that skit from is now on. Just so, it's so yeah. emasculating to right. call Triscuits. Mm hmm. Anyway. What so you're done? You? Wait, what you're you? done? That's it. What do you think? Uh, what, what grade would you give that sandwich? I mean, it's really good. It's very thick. We're talking, I mean, that sounds like a 10-inch thick Dagwood special. Yeah. With Triscuits on the top? Yeah. It's, it's inspired by Dagwood and his adventures with sandwiches. He's funny. Oh, he loves a sandwich. And he's always just trying to get some time alone just with Just time alone. This, I mean, this is like you trying to get some time alone to record this show. Right. You know, like this show is the Dagwood sandwich. Of my life. Of your life. Yeah. So what would that make your sandwich? Uh, Meatloaf Triscuit sandwich. This podcast, though? Would it oh, be, this, this podcast is... A meatloaf Triscuit sandwich. Got it. Got it. Wow. I I think it's great. I give it a D. Great. How about you? What's your favorite sandwich, Scott? Or should um, we stop talking about I this? like a nice layer of mayo on yeah, the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then a nice layer of ketchup on the top, and then yeah. I'm done. Nothing else. Nothing else. Just yeah. no mayo meat. and ketchup. Just mayo and ketchup. No, no bread. bread. I don't like carbs. Yeah. Yeah. How do you eat it? Just uh, you put it on the floor. Yeah. Or I have Kula put it on the floor for yeah, me. Sure. And then And then she makes me sit. Yeah. And uh, then I have to shake her hand. And do you have a bib? <laughs> a bib. Yeah. I mean, I have like a, a plastic napkin that I oh, put okay. around my neck. Right. Not a bib. Not though. a bib, though. Right. I'm not like a child. Sorry for that question. <sighs> and then just lap it up. <laughs> oh, so you just lick it off the floor? Yeah, no hands. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you other than the bib, what else are you wearing? Um, pretty much just like a leather kind of strappy number, okay. uh, with, uh, I guess you would call it like my butthole yeah, yeah, exposed. Yeah, yeah. So this is just the way you start every day. Yeah. This is the way I start. This is the way I finish. Can I finish? <laughs> can, well, I, can I finish? That sounds great. It sounds really good. You got to come over for dinner sometime. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, we're talking about REM today, and uh, yeah. we're we're uh, very excited to do so. Um, before we do, we need to take a break. Are you are you ready for that? Yeah. You ready for the break? Oh yeah. You ready to take us to the break? Take us to the break. Um, what are you doing? You're, you're okay now. You're playing air guitar. You have the tightest air guitar. Uh, I play. I play close to the neck. Very. You're, you're but your your frets that you're you're fingering is right next to your pick hand. Yes. <laughs> this is like these are very high notes. This is very high. This is like insanely high. Man, I wish that we had a camera. We could get a picture of this, but it's uh, unfortunately it's lost to the ages. And now you're playing low. And now wait, now you're like drumming while you're playing guitar. I used to. Did I? T- I must have talked about this on a previous episode. The band Scooter and the Bee that I used to see. No, up in Santa Maria, California, no. Central. When I lived in Santa Maria, we would. Um, Go to the Santa Maria Inn, which is the big hotel in town. Yeah. Because in the lobby during uh, between – we would get out of school. Wait, uh, where's Santa Maria? Santa Maria is up by Solvang. Uh, okay. Uh, just a little bit north of Solvang. So <clears throat> we would we would get out of school at 
thirty, I believe, and have to go back for rehearsals at seven. Yeah. So we'd have like an hour and a half, right? And the happy hour was between five and seven at yeah. the Santa Maria Inn. And if you ordered a drink, and it could be any drink, yeah. like a Coke, yeah. you then got to go to this insanely big buffet that they had. Oh, and so, amazing. and we were always, you, you know, no money. No money. I, I subsisted. Lunch was always Jack in the Box, the dollar the fifty deal, where yeah. you would get a taco. A cheeseburger and uh, fries and a Coke for a dollar fifty. Incredible. And then I would spend another dollar fifty to get a Coke yeah. at the Santa Maria Inn and, and just then stuff yourself with all these with all the sandwich stuff. It would yeah. be different every day. It would be they would have a tri tip steak on Fridays. What? what? Why did they come up with this deal? Like that's a terrible deal. I, for I think them. it's I think it's for the people staying there or whatever uh, to get them drinking or what yeah. have you. I don't know, but it, it, everyone at, at our college would go do this, of course. Um, and they had a band that would also play Scooter yeah. and the Bee, yeah. and it was two old dudes. Yeah. And the guy singing lead. Was uh, he? He was also playing uh, the. I think it was the guitar. It was either the guitar or bass. He would play it with his left hand, mm-hmm. and sort of strum sometimes with the right, and then also play uh, trumpet with his right hand uh, in between singing while he was playing the bass. Uh-huh. And then the drummer was playing with his feet in one hand, as well as the like a bugle or a trumpet or something like that with another hand while he was singing as well. And it was just these two guys playing standard. This sounds, this. Between the buffet and Scooter and the Bee, this sounds like the greatest place in the world. <laughs> it was amazing. So for two years, I would go to this place every single day practically, and the waitresses would, of course, hate us. Oh, yeah. Because we you have no money. tips We're suck. tipping horribly. We yeah. would try to tip so that they wouldn't – Yeah. And then after about two years, I think they they uh, started a policy where you had to you had to have like an alcoholic drink in order cool. to eat or something like that. Still terrible deal. For <laughs> terrible them. deal. Why don't they just like at least have it be only for the guests of the hotel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but instead, all these like you know stupid college kids. How, what in. did the, how did this? Remind you of because you were playing guitar while you were drumming. Oh, it I seemed see, like, and so it reminded okay. me of Scooter and the Bee. I thought you were. It was going to be something about twirling the drumstick on. Your Adam, way by the down. way, is twirling his right hand and then coming down while he appears to be playing with his penis. Was that a, Tom, with the, was that a Tommy Lee thing? Twirling the yeah, guitar thing. That, the, was I'm he the? Just, he can't be the first person to do. No, that. but I think he popularized it because that, he may that, have been. that's something for a while. Every like hair metal band, that's all. Yeah, every, like in between yeah, yeah, hitting, yeah. they would twirl the thing, and know? I love it. What about the gong? He he po- sort of popularized taking the gong with him on tour. And he popularized taking the drum set out over the audience and turning mm-hmm. it upside down. Yeah. Did you see that tour? Did you ever go uh, go see them live? No. We're talking about REM. <laughs> Did you see Motley Crue? No, I've never seen that. I, I, w- I wouldn't have minded. I was never into that. that mu- other I think than they're gun- okay. Guns and, I, I like Guns and Roses. I remember once, and this is very similar to what we are experiencing on this show. Uh, I remember once I was driving with Brian Posehn when we were working on Mr. Show, and he was uh, playing their first EP – and I and I like it, and yeah. I was like jamming along with it. But he he does this high note <clears throat> at the end of of the first song on it. I think this like falsetto high metal scream, and it's just slightly under pitch. Uh-huh. 
And I was making fun of that, and he got his feelings hurt. Really? <laughs> because it meant so much to him. The like me, and if you yes. made fun of Fables of the Reconstruction <laughs> yes. today, it's going to hurt Which my feelings. Which we are about to do. We are about to do that. I will be making fun of Fables of the Reconstruction no, when we come back. No, you can't do that. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about it. This is Are You Talking R.E.M.? Remy, we will be right back. Hey, Adam. Yeah, hey, Scott. Hey, support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Hey, are you ready to start your new biz? I am. Yeah, I have several new business ideas. Well, make it stand out with Squarespace. Okay, so I want to start a murder for hire business where oh, we murder okay. actors named Adam. Okay. So I don't, you know, I'd love to start that, and maybe Squarespace could help me start a website where people could submit uh, actors named Adam yeah. to the site, and then we could, you know, hire people to kill them. Yeah. I hmm you, yeah, mulling this over. Piccolo, piccolo. Figaro, figaro. We found it. That's it. That's it. Great. Well, um, you know how you can make your new business stand out? With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique, Scott? Website, of course. Um, If you have stuff you want to put on the website, that's great. Or maybe you have a blog or you want to publish content. Content. You can even sell things. Products. Products, services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can customize Everything. Every Every thing. part of this website, customize it to your taste. There's a reason they call it everything, Scott. It is everything. It encompasses everything. Thing. Mm-hmm. From the look to the feel to the settings, the products. It's all optimized for mobile right out of the box, although it doesn't come with a box as far as I know. There is no box. There's no box. It's, although your computer is kind of a type of a box. That's true. Well, sometimes they are box-shaped. Mm, that's and true. Sometimes remember, they're circular. Remember those first iMacs that were sort of like a, got an oval yeah. in the back or something? You remember the first Macintosh ever in like 1983? I, I think don't. It was? Did you it have was one? A triangle. Did you have one? It was a triangle. Yeah. So all of the text was <laughs> was you had to start with the letter A. Yep. Or I or something, there. and then or it was I. like a pyramid. It wow. Had to be that's every amazing. sentence had to start with a uh, single letter word. Squarespace's analytics help you grow in real time, and there is nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Although, uh, maybe you're dumb, like Adam, and you have a question. Duh. Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. They've won awards, unlike Adam. That's exactly right. So Destiny is calling. It says you need a new website. Make it. With Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code REM. You will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com, offer code REM. God, I wonder how REM feels about their, them <laughs> they, being the code for Can I tell you something? They love it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Hey, podcast fans. Hey, Scott. Hey, oh, okay. Hey, hello to podcast fans and hello to hey, you. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, did you know Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and many others like it on your mobile device, desktop app, 
and smart speaker? Open the app on your mobile device or desktop. Jazz click it up a little. The ja- browse. Ja- try to jazz uh, it up just a little bit. And click on the podcast section. Yeah. This is what you get when you hire Adam Scott <laughs> to interpret your well, you just said, scripts. Get some jazz into it. <laughs> jazz. So Spotify, streaming podcasts to whatever you want. Just open the app on your mobile device or desktop. Click on browse, the browse channel. Then click on the podcast section, and you will be able to stay thoroughly entertained during your commute to work. Where else could people be entertained? Uh, hey, how about your drive home? Hmm, how about your downtime? Now, thanks to Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Thanks, bro. Welcome back. Are you talking REM Remi? During the break, Adam and... And I were exchanging uh, acting school stories. <laughs> we sure were. <laughs> like a couple of real uh, artists. Yeah. Real and cool my, dudes. My um, Turns out my final dance project was- We were talking about REM our final song. dance projects. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was to an REM song. To Try Not to Breathe, you Try were saying. Try Not to Breathe. Which, which is from the- Automatic. Automatic. Right, right, right. Which we'll talk about when the automatic uh, for the people episode comes Indeed. out. I'm sure. Indeed. Um, and and yours. My, mine was to Michael Jackson, uh, Can't Stop Till You Get Enough, segueing into Rock With You. Segueing into a live card game. <laughs> yes. I, I may have talked about this on one of my episodes uh, of one of my shows before, but yes, it was the uh, the um, final project that got me disinvited from the school. <laughs> Uh, for being a smartass. And then I just showed it back up next semester, and they said, huh, well, okay. <laughs> just George Costanza style. Yep, just came right back. Um, this is Are You Talking R.E.M. with... No, Are, are You Talking R.E.M. Remy? Remy. Remy. And we're talking about... Uh, this episode is devoted to a an album in R.E.M.'s canon... Which is somewhat underappreciated by some, perhaps overappreciated by others. <laughs> we'll find out. That's uh, the interesting thing is Adam and I. Maybe this is interesting. Maybe it's not. But uh, you and I don't talk about these records before we just get on air and we start right. talking about them. So That's we have right. you have no idea what I think about. Uh, I do not. fables. Although I did say that I hadn't listened to it all that much in last, last week. Last week. Yeah. So I've taken the week and I have listened to it endlessly. So you much. Have. Yes. So okay. much so that uh, Kulop. Last night was like, this REM show is going to be so much harder on me <laughs> than the U2 one. Oh, no. <laughs> I, and it doesn't help that it was this record, I think. Um, but, oh, I, no. uh, but I've been listening to it a lot. So uh, lots, of, lots of thoughts about it. Let's go over some of the background of the record. It came out in June of 1985. That's right. They recorded it in London. Sure. Livingston Studios. The United Kingdom. This kingdom has been united. This Some is, people, for just if they're running out of time and they have to say it in a hurry, they just call it the UK. The UK. UK. Um, this is pre-Brexit, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, this is before Brexit, the Brexit vote. This is uh, few, a couple years before. A couple years before Brexit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they are working with the producer Joe Boyd. Joe Boyd, a uh, folk music producer, someone that worked with not, a, a, not exclusively, but uh, but yeah, some did a lot the, of work with Richard Linda Thompson <laughs> and uh, Nick Drake, the yeah. uh, Brighter Later and uh, Five Leaves Left, the two incredible albums he produced. Those also produced Pink Floyd's Arnold Lane. Single. Really? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Has been producing forever. I can uh, I, I can only imagine, I don't know really the history of why they picked him, other than a lot of times the record company will like give you a list of people who are available, who they'll pay for, and you go through it and go, oh, I like this person's records. I also think he was currently recording uh, a 10,000 Maniacs record mm-hmm. in the same time period, and, and – uh, uh, the band Harium and 10,000 Maniacs were good buddies. Yeah. I think also they were looking to change up their sound a little bit and want someone new and were big fans of Richard Linda Thompson. And mm-hmm. so Peter Dollar Bill certainly is a big Richard Thompson head. Yeah. Um, so they, w- they traveled over across the pond, mm-hmm. as we say. The Atlantic Ocean. It's not right. a pond. It's like no, considerably it's huge, bigger. Huge ocean. It's a huge ocean. I don't even know why. To call I it said a pond that. is to you know ch- just kind of alter the expectations. Of I apologize, any traveler. I apologize. If you're if you're Lance Armstrong and you're looking up there in space and you see the Atlantic Ocean, it's bigger than a pond. I'm yeah. sorry, I've thrown you. Or off. if you're Lance Bangs and you're just on an. <laughs> A flight, and you look down. Sure, you're going to see all ocean. It's not just a pond. It's not just a pond. I I I, I really apologize for that. By the way, Lance, got to get you on the show. Yeah, he was on. on our Hugh Two show. Um, Fables of the Reconstruction came out in 1985. We were not REM fans yet, were we? No, I was focused entirely on Back to the Future and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Back That's to the Future had just come out. Yeah. The, How many times did you see Back to the Future in the, in in the, the summer of 1985? I think I probably – and I have I talked about how I can I can uh, tell you pretty much every movie I've ever seen, like where I saw it, what theater? So can I. It's And why is that? And I can tell you what year any movie came out. Is this – I love films. I think it is. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about films. Great films, though. Love. I love a good film. Here's a challenge for you, Scott. Can you name any year any film came out? Post-1980, yes. Okay, let's let's try you. Sure. Downsizing. 1981. Exactly right. Thank you. Um, have you seen Downsizing yet? I have. How was it? It's great. Good. I haven't seen it. (laughs) This is I Love Films. We'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of comedians in downsizing. I would love to be in an Alexander Payne film. Yeah. He seems to really love to work with comedians. Are there a lot of comedians in it? Yeah, there are. And and in Nebraska, uh, Odenkirk's in it. Oh, cool. And Hubel's in Descendants. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. um, It's great. Um, Fables... Yes, so so Back to the Future. I, th- yeah. I believe I saw it probably three times in the theater that summer. Yeah, 
Um, I also had a souvenir magazine. So did I. I wonder if it was up. the same I one. I bet it was. I bet oh it was. Where God. it showed like all the little Easter eggs in it yes. and the, the behind the scenes filming. Totally. It was like it. a shiny magazine. Yes, yes. We have the exact same I, one. I remember I, I took a trip down to LA with my mom and like a family friend and I was in the backseat for that six hour drive and all I had was that. And I all was you fu- had was that's that. That's all I wanted because I just read it cover to cover, cover, cover backwards. And over and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when you would read something that much and so yeah. intently? Yeah. You know, like comic books used to be that way. Yeah. Where, like every panel, you would just study everything yes. in it. Nowadays, you know, when I'm reading, it's like, oh, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Get me to Revelation. Right, right. Just burn right through the Bible. Just burn like, boom, every boom, single boom, boom, boom. day. Um. By the way, I sent you. Did you get this? Did you get my text the other day about the uh, the the quote, the little picture of the Bono quote? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I did. I read the Psalms of David. All I read the Psalms of David all the time. They are amazing. He is the first blues man, <laughs> shouting at God, "Why did this happen to me?" But there's honesty in that too. And of course, he looked like Elvis. If you look at Michelangelo's sculpture, don't you think David looks like Elvis? God, he gets it all in there. <laughs> he gets every cliche right in there. Um, what were we talking about? 1985. Oh, yeah. Back to the Future. Uh, solely concerned with uh, Power of Love. Oh, man. Uh, I am just – in 1985, I'm just about to become a sophomore in high school. I and was just about to become – Oh, you were a, a little seventh boy. Grader, yeah. You were a little boy who wanted to be a big boy. I remember I showed up for the first day of junior high school, seventh grade, with a skateboard, brand new skateboard with a you were, jeans. Did you skate? Or did I you was just trying to sk- take it up because of Back to the Future. Oh, wow. A I jean jacket like Marty jean, McFly's? But it was a vest, mm-hmm. uh, a uh, stonewashed vest with the checkered <laughs> shirt that Marty McFly wore. And I expected to show up on the first day of junior high celebrated because I looked like Marty McFly and it didn't end up did they going say that direction oh you're trying to look like Marty McFly and no one said a thing they just to me they yeah. probably thought you look cool though it's oh, probably yeah. cooler than what I look like uh, yeah I don't know I, I I think I've talked about this before I bought a jean jacket a light light blue jean jacket uh-huh. because my uh, friend who whom I was just about to become close with in the September of 1985 yeah. because he had one. Yeah. And uh, I bought the exact same jacket. And he was like, <laughs> why are you buying the – Dude. <laughs> but it just looks so cool. Yeah. But he was my friend who had the Fables of the Reconstruction poster on the wall. Uh, and he was the one who – Got me into REM, but he was. Yeah. But he's the one who said, "Oh no, Fables isn't all that good of a record." Yeah. Well, I remember when when I was getting really into REM, when they were on the cover of Rolling Stone for Green, uh, Bill Barry in that interview said Fables sucked. And I right. was like, "Whoa!" And they were all talking about <clears throat> Fables because up to that point, it was they're they're the closest they've come to like a failure, right? Uh, because it's kind of it's because they're the golden boys. Yeah, Everything they do is wonderful. It has this kind of murky tone to it. It's the the it doesn't sound incredible. It doesn't sound as great as Murmur or Reckoning. It's let's a hear a little bit of the first yeah. track here since we're getting into it. This is Feeling Gravity's Pull by Hari M. <laughs> Just about everywhere I go 
So obviously, um, I'll give you my, I'll give you my background on this record when I first got it. So I got we've talked about on previous episodes. Uh, I got into REM with their next record, Life's Rich Pageants, yeah. and then I believe I then maybe got Document next. I can't remember. And then yeah. uh, no, I think I, I think I got Life's Rich Pageant, then got all the early stuff. Yeah, but. Um, I would um, get records on record. I would get them if I really liked them. I would get it as a record because then I could put it on tape or I could do, you know do whatever I wanted uh, with the songs on it. Uh, but if I was ever unsure about a record, I would look for it used. Um, and quite often, what would happen is I would find it cheaper on tape. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I got on tape, and um, I would listen to it in the car. And uh, find a very f- found this record to be very difficult to get into. Yeah, especially on tape when you can't you know yeah. play whatever song you want to play or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I eventually just listened to the songs on Eponymous. Can't get there from here and Driver Eight, and never really came back to this record yeah. all that much because yeah. it's not good driving music either. Really, yeah. it's more of a like pay attention. And if I had had it on vinyl, I would have paid attention yeah. to it in my room, I think. Yeah. But instead, I just listened to it driving and never, never really listened to it. Yeah. That song is very much like to me a statement of intent song in like a way we're of like changing it up. We're changing our sound sure. because that that sounds unlike any <laughs> other uh, REM song. Yeah. It doesn't have the kind of the signature arpeggios no. and uh, jingle jangle totally song. Totally different. Totally Which, different. For a third album is amazing for a, a young band like this to change it up like that. I mean they definitely uh, uh, they they recorded this in in London where they said it was during the winter and it was very gloomy. Yeah. Um, Peter Dollar Bill talks about how he would have to take the subway to the studio, which is fine, but he would have to walk a mile to the subway in the yeah. snow with his guitar. Yeah. Uh, and just very depressing. They also talk about how they were not getting along all that much. They yeah. were like very sick of each other. Well, they've at been the time. touring constantly for like five years. Right. And they're just sick of each other. Apparently, they were all sick over there, not used to the weather. Homesick for Georgia. So, so many types of sick. <clears throat> sick of it. Yeah. Sick bodies. Sick Home of these sick. songs. Sick. <laughs> Just sick. <laughs> but also laying down some sick licks. Sick licks. <laughs> um, so that's a definitely, I can't say that I like that song. Really? Yeah. Really all that much? Yeah. As much as I go, oh, okay, it's a, I get what they're doing. Yeah. Of the songs on this album, um, I don't know uh, that I would listen to that for pleasure. Well, I I I do, I, I, I like it when it, the drums. But come it's in. my least favorite of all the songs on the album, and I love this album. So right, but it's uh, not but my I, it's not my least favorite. I, I think say. it's a it's a smart first song on the album to as a statement. Like you right, said. yeah, yeah. The next song is Maps and Legends. Uh, let's hear a little bit of it now. This sounds good. Where we are to 
Um, Wait, the chorus. Yeah, I know. We can't play the entire song. We got to okay. talk over some of this. This is a Stone Cold classic. What do you think? Um, I okay. I've listened to this a lot, and yeah. I had a lot of trouble getting into this record. So did at I at the beginning. It took me here's, a few years. Here's my issue. Uh, I think this record is improperly sequenced, and okay, I th- I th- I. I have come to appreciate this song. This, it actually reminds me a lot of the Smiths in a way. Which this by song? The, this song, yeah. uh, the guitar playing especially, which by the way, Peter Dollar Bill, I think someone uh, said that uh, his guitar playing reminded them of the Smiths and he got really uh, upset about it, but then later was like, oh, I don't know, I like the Smiths. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but at the time, he didn't want to be compared to anyone, I think. But um, I, I actually, the problem I have with this song is where it lies in the sequencing because it's like so minor key-ish and it comes right after a minor key, uh, you know, atypical REM song. Uh-huh. I just find the one-two punch of these two songs back to back as being very difficult to like. So I didn't, I didn't really like this song all that much. And then a little later, I, I resequenced the the record to to be a little more like my for my taste, uh-huh. uh, and I grew to appreciate it. Wow, uh, a lot. So labor intensive. Uh... <laughs> process to get into a song you know how i got into this because i it took me a long time to get into this record too but the way i got into that song and came to appreciate it is this live, the live version version from um mccabe's guitar shop right yeah i listened to that recently that's good can we play that do you have it yeah okay do you have the thing yeah all right let me give you here play it <laughs> 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 Great bit. Great bit. Doesn't get old. <laughs> Years on, still falling for it. God, your hands are shaking. Like you're well, so I'm nervous. Drinking I'm drinking this fucking iced coffee you guys have on tap here. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay, so I listened to this uh, as well uh, recently because I was like, God, I can't get into the song. Maybe if I hear a live version, it'll... did this help? Not really. Oh, I, okay. I it, what really cemented it was I just like li- started listening to the record out of order. Well, and, listening to this version of it got me into it because the melody is so clear because mm-hmm. it's just guitar and the and him singing and mm-hmm. I think there's some bass. What there. are the other guys doing? I've know. never understood that. Like during a concert, the guitarist and the the vocalist go, "Hey, take a breather during this song. We're just yeah. going to jam out." It's like, well, fuck you. Well, in. In uh, in the old in, on the work tour, they came out at the end and just I believe it was just uh, Peter Buck and Michael Stipe would come out come and out and sing. do the encore. Well, I think they did an encore together. That's rude, in my opinion, because yeah. an encore is like we want the whole band back. Yeah, and then two guys come out. It'd be like no, the others too. Yeah, the other guys were backstage having a mai tai. You know, <laughs> kicking back, just kicking back. Okay. Oh, wait. That is not it. Okay. Good. Good stuff. Mm, Adam Quadrero looking for a song. <laughs> Can he find it? Do you have every REM song on your phone? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, bro. Pull it together. That is not it. <sighs> This is Do they not have this fucking song on It's on the uh the the It's on the, the, the rarities. rarities, right? Yeah. 
There we go. There it is. Yeah, you're right. Great. All right. No, no, no. Let's listen for a second. Call the fool in a company On his own where he'd rather be Where he ought to be And sees what he can't see Can't you see that? Maybe he's caught in the legend You know what's interesting about this song is that it's um, Turned out a little is that it's um, the chorus is minor key, mm-hmm. and then the the verses are kind of in a major key, mm-hmm. but it starts with the minor key chorus chords. Mm-hmm. So to me, it always seems like a gloomy song in a way. It is. You know? Oh, this it's a weird song. It's a mm-hmm. weird album. It's a gloomy album for yeah. sure. So the so. But the, what's strange is I don't think that these two songs are really representative of the whole record because I, no. I I really like the majority of the songs yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, it's just these two right in a row were just like... Uh, a here, bit of uh, a, a downer. Yeah. Unplugged. Um, I love that song. I get what you're saying about them being I've, a little I've gloomy, definitely but have, I, have grown I like, to like it. I like that they're gloomy. Um, let's listen to track three. This is Driver 8. This was a uh, big hit. Here we go. Now, this is interesting to me because it's also not the typical REM sound. No. It's um, kind of a new a new thing. This is a new sound for them, but it's this is sort of the prototype, I think, for their commercial sound. This is kind of like the one yeah. I love. Uh, like This is like a, a prequel. This is like Phantom Menace. To, <laughs> That's right. To Star Wars. Yeah, this this is kind of a signature REM song in a lot of ways, and it was the a first brand one new that thing did, yeah. for them at the time. This um, is one of my favorites. I think it's a classic. It's, it's great. A great. Great song. I would sequence it a little earlier in the record. Would you have uh, put it first? I would have put it second. Well, because I think that statement of intent song is like, I would honor that and I would respect it of uh-huh. like, hey, shaking you up and going, this isn't your typical REM song. put Driver 8's second. I would put it second, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Because you go into the hit off of uh, off of like this, hey, we're doing something different, then go yeah. into it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's actually a good, uh, that's a good idea. Thank you. I think that they have said they think it's badly sequenced. Oh, have they? I've, I I've, so. I haven't. And uh, Up, I think, was the other one they, they that, weren't. Crazy about how they sequenced it. Interesting. Sequencing back. is really. I've. I've. Uh, uh, my friends in that band, the Vandals. Yeah. Uh, for their last two or three records, they would get my opinion on the sequencing uh-huh. sometimes, and they. I don't think they ever. They would listen to what I had to say, yeah. but I don't. But sequencing is really. It's incredibly tough. important. I, I've resequenced. It's we did for it later a, for Around the Sun. I've resequenced and pulled songs off interesting. for our Around the Sun episode. Okay, okay, already. we'll do and that. I, yeah, there we is did, a good album in there. We did that for uh, uh, the U2 record Poop uh, as well. We, uh, I, or at least I did, uh, resequenced it, if you recall. Oh, and, Poop, yes. Yeah. And we resequenced 
uh, our imaginary version of All That You Can't Leave Behind for yes. side two. Yes, exactly. So uh, uh, that's fun to do, I think. Okay, this is the next song. This is my favorite song on the album. This is Life and How to Live It. This is great. The first, the kind of a return to the original REM in track four. Did you ever see them play this live? This song? Uh, no. Or maybe I did. Who knows? Okay. Oh, it's over. Oh, no. Started again. This took me a long time to get into. Really? As well. This whole album, it hit me years later. But this is... That's interesting that it would take you a long time to get into this because it reminds me of Ages of You or like classic REM yeah, kind I know. of stuff. I just didn't, because I had put the album aside for years, because right. I, like you, was like, I don't get this. Right. I didn't dig deep I enough. Got and it. then I was like, L- let's be shit. clear. I understood it. Okay. I, okay. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Sounds, sounds good. Is this, great. Is this the remastered one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sounds good. Sounds see, it sounds so much better now than it did back on those shitty tapes and CDs that we had. And that the, sounds like a classic REM. I mean, that sounds yeah. like the if they if they, if that had been track one, everyone would have been like REM's back. Yeah, this is a great, great, great song. Um, and so fun live to see them. Yeah, love that song. This okay. This is the final track on side one. Uh, this is Old Man Kenzie. This is my least favorite song on the okay. record. Okay. Here we go. Bow bow. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep listening to it. But yeah, let's talk uh, over it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, this is about the uh, this is about the writer Brivs Mekis. Um, this is a by the way, this is a concept record, sort of about yeah, the South. Yeah, and it's about you know storytelling storytelling the first song feeling gravity's pull is about falling asleep while you're reading yeah. uh michael stipend has talked about how he was uh fascinated at the time with uh sort of the oral traditions of the south yeah. fables like uh uncle uh is it rebus yes uncle rebus and life and how to live it is about a bunch of stories being buried in a house um, yeah this because song this, does get this there author, though it, it this, has, o- this author by the way wrote a book called life colon how to live had it printed only to have all existing copies of it stacked in his closet yes and he used to tell that story while introing the song this song does get there though it has a change i think it's okay like it's fine it's just i don't i don't like it it's it's fine it's not my favorite either but there is a cool change okay This is yeah, this kind is of nice. interesting. Yeah. yeah, this is nice. But I think it's them trying something new, but maybe not totally 
being ready yet to it's make that very, change interesting. Again, the production, the producer, uh, Joe Boyd, says he doesn't think that he succeeded yeah. with this record because everything sounded samey. He, yeah. in this book, talk about the passion he brings up. With such a democratic band, none of them wanted to say, hey, turn me up louder in this mix. So they all just right. wanted – They all asked to go even. lower, right? Yeah, they all asked to go lower. And so it it turns into a very kind of samey-sounding production where nothing is standing out. Yeah. Says. It took Don McGann, I believe is their next producer, to really mm-hmm. like push them to, right. to something else. Um, we need to take a break. That's side oh, one. Uh, side two is much – uh, more to my taste, I believe. Side two's side amazing. two is is really good. We're gonna come back with that. We will be right back with more. Are you talking REM? Remy will be right back. Hey, everyone, we want to tell you about this incredible thing going on. Marvel is unveiling their first scripted podcast ever, and it's available exclusively on Stitcher Premium. In Wolverine, The Long Night, you'll be immersed in a murder investigation that explores a string of mysterious deaths in Burns, Alaska. The series stars Richard Armitage as Wolverine, who you might know as Thorin Oakenshield from the Hobbit trilogy, plus a special appearance from the comedian and podcast host, Chris Gethard. That's right. To listen now, go to wolverinepodcast.com, wolverinepodcast.com, and use the code MARVEL for a free month of Stitcher Premium. From the Welcome back from the inside room. That's where we are right now, the studio, which is inside. And is it not? A room. It's technically a room. Speaking of the room, you're in that uh, Disaster Artist movie. Oh, yeah. Did you see it? I did. And uh, quite a surprise to see my old buddy leading off the film That's with right. whatever he thinks about. I'm gonna uh, do. I'm gonna do that now for all movies. <laughs> you're gonna introduce them. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about. What you can expect from the movie right before it starts. <laughs> it's like Arclight Stories, but before the movie. That's right. Has anyone ever stuck around for an Arclight story? I don't know what In that the is. history. What okay. Is that? If you go see sorry, this is very inside baseball, but if you go see a movie at the Arclight yeah. uh, chain of theaters, which yeah. there's about five or something here yeah. in California. Um I enjoy the Arclight The Arclight's great. I always go see movies there, but uh, the person who introduces the film says, and stick around after the movie for our Arclight stories where the people who made the movie will talk about it for a while. It's like a two they talk about it for two oh, minutes. Okay, yeah. Mostly with indies and stuff where they need people to they, stick around. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't think anyone has ever done it. I've um, done those and there are people that stick around. No. <laughs> um when we went and saw Star Wars opening night. It was at the Grove, actually. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson came in and intro the movie. Oh, that's nice. Surprised the audience. Really? It was awesome. And did you say anything cool about it? Do you, like, spoil any of the he surprises? He spoiled everything. <laughs> and he said, fuck you, and he walked out. Fuck down. you, just flipped everyone the double birds. <laughs> no, he was awesome, and it was so exciting. Why aren't you in one of those films? Star Wars? Yeah. I passed on all that stuff. Yeah, that's too commercial. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of that. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about Fables of the Reconstruction, uh, a difficult record by REM standards. Um, By the way, this is... Controversial record. But what's strange is it it sold more than their previous record. Yep. Uh, Yielded 
several classics. Several classics, and uh, also their crowd sizes got bigger. Yeah. Um, they in this book talk about the passion. A couple of people say. Uh, who had been watching the band early on, including that uh, critic, Robert Lloyd, they say uh, this is around the time where the band became not for them anymore. Not not meaning, oh, this is not for me, like they don't care for it. Meaning every time they had seen them live, it had been a group of like-minded people. Anytime anything gets gets popular, this happens, where suddenly you look around, you're at a show, and there are a bunch of, like, frat guys there. Yeah. And they describe of, like, Robert Lloyd saying, like, well, I went to see him in France, and it was a bunch of, like, American frat dudes, and then I saw them – uh, somewhere else like Irvine and a, and a dude peed in his cup right next to me yeah. and I suddenly started realizing oh okay this is not a something right. that like a group of like-minded people like anymore it's now become bigger it's like every time I go to a U2 show I'm like oh right oh this isn't the tiny band that I remember <laughs> seeing at the forum right <laughs> but um, I have actually from this tour the Fables tour I have which you did not go to because you were uh, I was a little boy at <laughs> back to the future <laughs> at Marty McFly um, <laughs> I have a poster from the Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium uh, where they played in the town and, I grew up and you in. are miming the dimensions of a poster right <laughs> now that's how serious you are I, about I have it framed but it's from that era it was like up on a telephone pole in Santa Cruz mm-hmm. and someone took it down and saved it and I got it on eBay it's pretty rad wait so this person took it down saved it did all the legwork and then you just swoop in with your actor money and buy it? Swooped in and bought it and put it in a frame. <laughs> you piece of shit. And Naomi does not like it on the wall. <laughs> where do you where do you keep it? Uh, in my office. That's not on a, on a wall? It's, or does she right make you put it on the ceiling? Right now it's not on a wall because <laughs> we share an office. Oh, no. But I have to – because the, the, the art for this particular tour is like – what is it? A parrot riding a bicycle? Not a parrot. What is it? <laughs> it's, it's not the most pleasing to, to the, the eye. eye. Yes. Um, speaking of pleasing to the ear, though, uh, let's listen to the first track off of side two. This is a classic. This is Can't Get There From Here. <laughs> This was got played on MTV and stuff. Like this yeah. is kind of a little college radio hit. Right? This definitely was a song that I was aware of um, beyond not really knowing this record. Yeah, um, this has never been a, a big song for me of theirs. I, I because because it was on eponymous. Right, it was a big song for me. Just of like because I I maybe listen to eponymous more than the individual records sometimes. Okay. Here's the chorus. Here we go. Some classic uh, Mike Myers backup vocals. Pretty great. It's actually a monkey riding a bicycle with a parrot on the handlebars uh, was cool. the art for the tour. And so that's why it's not allowed up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either, honestly. <laughs> 
um, um, yeah, so that song, that song, by was the way, a little hit. It's right? a hit, but they don't. Do they? Uh, to you, do they seem to like it all that much? They no, haven't they, put, they, they haven't put it on their it, yeah. best ofs. Uh, it wasn't on the last best. It of, wasn't. Right? Nor have they played it in decades. Uh, he's also he's doing like a voice in it. Mm-hmm. He's uh, I believe he in a quote I read he says he's doing five different voices in it because uh-huh. he's kind of doing like a southern thing uh-huh. in it of like a like almost over emphasizing a southern accent. Yeah. During singing it, you know, so I I don't know whether they feel like it's a novelty song or something, but <laughs> maybe a little bit. It's it's the video too. They all f- look embarrassed. <laughs> To me, <laughs> they're they're all like kind of like okay, yeah, I mean, this is silly. It's embarrassing making videos. Sure, you know, yeah. Like, how stupid is that? This is the first one. It felt like they were reaching a little for maybe some yeah. commercial. It's potential. a commercial that at the end of the song we didn't play it, but there's a big horn section that comes in. He was saying that he uh, Michael Stipend was saying that he was trying to describe to the horn players what he wanted them to do at the end with where it goes. Bram, bram, yeah. bram. And he was saying, no, it's like Louis Armstrong. And they were confused, thinking he meant the horn sounds in a Louis Armstrong, but yeah. he meant Louis Armstrong's voice. Uh-huh. And so he was like, and then they finally got it, I guess. I don't know. There was no ending to that story. But that, that I I I think I like it. I love that song. Yeah, it's fine. I like other stuff on the record. Track two. Oh, this is amazing. This part reminds me of Seven Chinese Brothers. Yeah, I was just going to say, this could be on Reckoning. Yeah. This is a beautiful song. Kind of an underappreciated, like, you, they never really went back to it much in their I, later I years. I really like it. It's I, beautiful. There, I, there were a couple of songs where I, I was listening to it at we first. listen to the chorus. No. <laughs> Again, they're just not getting to the choruses quick enough for our purposes. Yes, <laughs> like, I know. For, for record They should purposes. make alter- alternate versions for our podcast. Here it comes. Green girl, the rushes go. Green girl, the rushes go. Green girl, the rushes go. All right. This is a song that uh, Natalie Merchant of 10,000 Maniacs made a pact with Michael Stipend to each write songs about the genocide of Native Americans. Her song, Among the Americans, was on The Wishing Chair, which came out this uh, this particular year, uh, produced by Joe Boyd as well. And this is his song. This is about Native Americans? I figured it was about, like, agriculture. Uh, they say that it's supposedly about migrant farm laborers as well. Uh, no one really knows what it's about, but that's what Natalie Merchant has stated. <laughs> that's what she decided yeah. it was about. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know. She probably knows better than I do. When did In My Tribe come out, like their huge record? Was that 87? That's probably 87 or so, yeah. I remember listening to that a lot Man, at uh, I was so Marie Callender's that. when I worked there in 1988. Really? Yeah. You have it on like a Discman or something? Or uh, a no, I didn't have it on a Discman. I, 
I don't know. How did you listen to it at Marie Calendar? Like you put it on the No, I just system. remember like they, they had a lot of TV screens. And uh, so I would see – they also they would play MTV a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. What's the song that they duet on on In My Tribe? Uh, we will find that uh, when it comes okay, up okay. Uh, a little later. Boy, did I love 10,000 Maniacs. Um, Jesus. I've tried to listen to them recently. It's you know what album is great tough, is tough uh, Our Time in Eden. That holds up quite well. Okay. Let's hear. Let's move on. <laughs> Trek. Kohotek. Kohotek, here we go. This is more of that sludgy production. But I feel it. But I like works this song. much more here than Old Man Kenzie. There's a great melody in this yeah. one. This is uh, referencing the comet Kohotek. Um, they say it's one of the earliest REM songs about a romantic relationship using the comet as a simile for a lover who, like Kohotek, mm. was gone. Yeah, I think this is uh, a, I, yeah, I love this song. It took. This is one of the ones that. Repeated listenings, and yeah, well, I was the, like, "Holy shit, this is an the, incredible!" Song. The chorus is really nice, yeah, and I think uh, it's one of those ones that kind of like pulls you out yep. of sludgy, what could be considered to be kind of a bore. But know? I love that the melody and how beautiful it is is mm-hmm. really buried, and you have to kind of find it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, this is the next track. This is auctioneer parentheses another engine. And Another train song on this record. Second train song. What's on this going record. on with these train songs? This is a fun song. This reminds me of a Cure record, like from the uh-huh. Cure's first three records, uh-huh. especially the demo version. I think it's a cool song. Me too. I like it. It's it's awesome. another one that took me a while to get into uh, because it is – it's very much – I would say that song, Kohotek, Old Man Kinsey, and Feeling Gravity's Pull really kind of They're flavored growers. the album for – everyone and mm-hmm. that's kind of what gave what the people album think of it, it's, yeah. it's but they're it's, growers they're not showers they are sort of like you in um all of my work <laughs> <laughs> i've talked about it on the show before uh uh that movie that you did the overnight yeah how it was a response to uh that hbo show you did where you, where they gave you a fake prosthetic penis yeah and you were like no i want to show my real <laughs> penis in a film <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, check all that. Pros- all prosthetics, just for uh... <laughs> made exactly to size. Yeah. Um, this is good advice. this is uh, the second to last track yeah. on uh, side two? Here we go. When you greet a stranger, 
Again, a little a little sludgy, but a great, great it's melody. so great. And then the, the chorus is really catchy yeah. and fun. But you notice, like, some of the songs, like, Drive Raid, here you can't comes. get there from here. Oh, boy. Barry Smith's. This is super Hatful of Hollow era Smith. Wow, you really don't want to play these choruses. Nope. Um, that's a great, great song uh, that takes uh, – it's a really sweet song. I feel like this, Wendell G., Can't Get There From Here, Life and How to Live It, Driver 8, are these really poppy, um, fun songs that kind of get buried in the sludgier songs, and that's what kind of – you know, it's the, almost like these are these the sound tone like, of the album that was pushed out there was this kind of sludgier. They sound like album. Peel sessions, like John Peel yeah, sessions yeah, in a way. You like yeah. a, instead of finished. Although I will say, Driver Eight and Can't Get There From Here sound like you know singles, a like pure, polished, yeah. purely polished singles with his uh, vocals out in front. These sound a little like uh, you know, like they went into a radio station and had a guy going, uh, I don't That's know. That's right. But um, this is the last song. This was weirdly. This turned out to be a single in um, England, I believe. Mm-hmm. This is Wendell. Not really a single, as far as I'm concerned, but a nice track to end the record. This is Wendell G. That's when Wendell G. Takes a tug upon the string and held the line of trees behind the house he lived in. It's nice. Yeah, I like I, it. I challenge anyone to listen to that entire song and not get a little lump in your throat. Like of semen? Yes. It's <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of foreshadowing what comes a bit later, like after the next few albums, what they kind of move towards and out of time and automatic for the people is kind it's of kind of like every, everybody hurts in a way, yeah, or um, like Endgame or some of these mm-hmm. kind of folksier tunes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a there, good old Ari, Southern REM. There's song. an interesting passage in the in this book that talks about how REM has three different types of songs. They have the pretty ones. They have the poppy ones, and then they have uh, the weird ones. Yeah. We got to get you a different book. I'll I'll get that book to you. Uh, By the way, uh, the next episode, we'll talk about this book a little more. Let's hear some of the B-sides. This is uh, crazy. This is a song by Pylon, uh, Athens, Georgia, contemporary. Um, Love this so much. I like this more than the Pylon version. Yeah. I like the Pylon version. I just heard the Pylon version in a TV show, I think. I think it was in uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, interesting. Um, Almost that, that you're watching that on the verge of interesting. Um, they it's didn't. A good show. I, I hear it. I uh, I hear it got great in the last seasons. I unfortunately watched the first two seasons. Scoot McNary, yeah, great actor, great name too. Scoot. Yeah. Can you imagine? Being They're called all great Sco- actors on that show. Can you imagine being called Scoot? Yeah, I can. Because <laughs> I pretended to be him for three weeks <laughs> when we were little kids. They um, didn't. They didn't know the lyrics to this song, so they called up uh, the woman from Pylon to try to get some clarity on it, and they really? couldn't, couldn't get a hold of her. So they instead just made up what they thought the lyrics were. We got to hear the chorus here. It's so catchy. 
You're a big chorus guy. I sure am. Um, th- that song leads off Dead Letter Office. So, uh, yeah. and and of course, I didn't know Pylon. They they mentioned you know Peter Dollar Bill mentions it's a Pylon song in the liner notes. Yeah. But um, I didn't hear the Pylon version for decades, probably. Yeah, I just um, found it recently. Yeah. Um, this is band. Wait, are we what? not going to hear the chorus to Crazy? It's no. so catchy. No, we're not. Okay, great. What, I if, mean, they, if they don't, if they don't get to the chorus in two minutes, okay. what am I supposed to do? Oh, you know what we should play is Throw Those Trolls Away, which was like the great long-lost Fables song. Yes, although they turned it into a song on, yeah. uh, on the next record, on yeah. Fables. This is Bandwagon. This is another B-side. Come on aboard, I promise you. Was always a favorite of mine in my teenage years. I love this song. I yeah. like it better than a lot of songs that are actually on the record. Although I do like he's doing that southern yeah. voice again, yeah. and I bet that they didn't want to put two songs where he's kind of I, I, who knows what yeah. their mindset was. But I, if I were them, I would maybe go, you know, we already have Can't Get There From Here where he's doing the southern kind of thing. It kind of sounds like Can't Get There From Here. Yeah. It sounds like this kind of. I like song. it. Have we gotten to the chorus this yet? This is about. The Reaganomics and mm. and all the Republicans and all that. That's which what you're singing you, about. Which you love. Yeah, I'm a Republican. You're like a trickle-down guy. For sure. This tax cut, incredible. Can I tell you something? I'm so into this tax <laughs> Me cut. Me too. <laughs> Come on, chorus. Adam wants to hear you. All right, good shit. I got to say, on Fables, we neglected neglected to mention how what a superstar Mike Mills is uh, with all those vocal and Bill Berry, all those vocals on uh, those backing vocals on Fables of Reconstruction. It's incredible. You know what I? Uh, you know the part on Can't Get There from Here where it goes, ah! yeah. Right before I always wondered who did that. I assumed That's, it was Mike Mills, but I think it, listening to Michael the demo, Stipe. I think it's Stipend does yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is a, r- a really uh, this is a curiosity. This is a B side, "Burning Hell," uh, yeah. uh, which is you this know from the Fables sessions. Yeah. This is like them attempting to do a metal song. <laughs> it's, you know, sequenced properly in yeah. Dead Letter Office. I like the song. Yeah. But, like, just individually, it's, uh, yeah. it's all right. It's all right. Um, this is, oh, okay. So that's, those are all the outtakes. Well, from, you know what's interesting is the demos for yeah. Fables are all, like, this is just they them. Made, they made the demos in Athens with producer Joe Boyd before they went over to London. Yeah, and they sound, they like, why go to London and re-record all these songs? They're I was, so, they never describe why they went to London. Is it just because he lived there and had his studio there? I guess. And, I the, and Joe Boy, he talks about, in this book, he talks about how he didn't have the right speaker set up at his studio. Like, why go all the way to London and your but producer the, doesn't have the right speaker set up? The Athens demos are so good and the songs are finished. Like, there's nothing really to do. You want to play your uh, the, the Trolls one? Yeah. There you go. Um... This is a demo. What song do they end up uh, turning it into? 
I forget, but this is throw those trolls away. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it I believe? Is that what it turns out? Oh, like? it might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this turns into I believe. Uh, but I had never heard it until this special edition came out in 2010, I think, or 2015, 2010. Um, what? <laughs> Nothing. <I'm> nerd. <laughs> I had never heard this particular song yeah, until sorry. 2010, I believe. But like, here's the demo for Life and How to Live It. Okay. Like, they didn't. Like, these guys had these songs. It's so impressive. Like, this is just them recording what they have. <laughs> That's so a demo. Right. <laughs> but it's done. Like, it's so good. This sounds actually a lot like the finished record. Yeah. But that's only because it's a purely guitar recording until... Can you imagine, like, coming up with this? Just... It's so awesome. I can I never figure this out. Me neither. Do you like the uh, turned up? Do you like the demo better than the finished version of some of these songs? I don't. I sort of like Auctioneer a little better as a demo. Oh, do you? But, yeah, but um, just because it purely sounds like early Cure. Here's the demo for Driver 8. It's just, they had all these, like, they must yep. have been writing on the road because these guys were Well, that's, awesome I mean, before. you know, they've been writing... They've been doing an, an album a year yeah. at this point while touring constantly. Yeah, um, yeah, because Reckoning was just one year ago when this. They, album they're came out. they're on a uh, pretty much a cycle of doing putting out a record every twelve or thirteen months at this point. Here, give it back. Wait, I want to hear this demo of Auctioneer oh, that you love. So boy, <laughs> listen to that beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vocals are cool on it. Yeah. Like they took a stab at something, whereas the uh, the album version sounds a little like they didn't know what to do. Yeah. Here, give it back. Wait, wait, one sec. I think the Good Advices demo is really cool, too. Okay. Yeah, see, these are great. And also, Hyena's on here, which they save for Life's Right, they Magic. save, yeah, which I think was a good move. Um, they also, uh, this year... Michael, nope, <laughs> did not fall for it. By the way, uh, Michael Stipend went on tour with the Golden Palominos as a vocalist. Oh yeah, that's and, right. And put out three records or uh, three songs on the Golden Palominos. That's this right. is one of them. Not that great, I think. I never found this. I bought these just because I read about them, and uh... yeah, I don't know. We didn't even have to play them. <laughs> Um, so can we, can we talk about how I would resequence it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Feeling Gravity's Pull, I appreciate that being the first song of like, hey, let's do something different. I'd keep it there. Yeah. Then I'd go into Driver 8. Right. Then uh, Life and How to Live It, follow it up with the oh, song that, cool. that yeah. traditionally does. But that's kind of the classic R.E.M. song as track three rather than the track four. Then I'd go into Auctioneer. Um, because it goes from major key to then a minor key one. Basically, what I've done is I've made major key songs and minor key songs like alternate, so it is constantly not getting into a groove of just minor key okay. sludge. 
Uh, then good advices. I would end oh. uh, side, side one, one with good advices. Mm. Um, then side two, can't get there from here. Green Grow, The Rushes, Kohotek. Uh, then I'd go into Bandwagon uh, uh, and substitute Bandwagon because I like that better than um, the song I've taken out. Then Wait, I go, Which song did you take out? I took out uh, Old Man Kenzie. Old Man Kenzie, yeah. which I just can't get into. And then I'd uh, from Bandwagon go into Maps and Legends, and I think Maps and Legends works really well um, after a major key song like uh, on side two. I think it works. and It, it got me into Maps and Legends. Mm. And then followed it up with Wendell G at the end. That Hold is – yes. I'm going to make a, uh, a new playlist. <laughs> Oops. I'm going to make a duty right here. <laughs> I'm going to make a new playlist. With okay. With mine? Songs. Okay. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, why not? Why don't we do this off air? Probably a good idea. <laughs> um, Rather than go through it again? <laughs> so that is um, – so how, do, how, do how do we feel about it? Uh, as a whole? As a whole now. How do you feel about it? Because you said it for a while it was your favorite. For a while it was my favorite. Um but since they broke up, I've shifted, and I, I it is one of my f- favorites. But you know, I don't really have. There isn't really an REM record that I t- t- wholly dislike. So, mm-hmm. but it, it's. I mean, the songwriting is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think I like it. Mm-hmm. I think more than Reckoning, mm-hmm. maybe more than Murmur. Really, maybe. interesting. I I'm a, I love it. I like uh, the the previous three records that we've talked about: Chronic Town, Murmur, uh-huh. uh, and Reckoning. Yeah. Better, um, but I I think there are some great songs on it. I think the direction they are leaning towards, which is kind of what are you more, eating? I'm I'm starving, so all I could find are these gummy bears in my backpack. Um, and it's not great for a are empty you a, stomach. Are you a child? I know. Why do you have gummy bears in your backpack? They're the the <laughs> Press juicery gummy bears I got for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, they're leaning towards sort of a more linear kind of. Uh, we'll see you next time. This has been Are You <laughs> Talking REM? Re me. Next time we're going to talk about fables. No, sorry, we're going to talk about life's rich pageant. Uh huh. <laughs> Finish your sentence. No. Okay, we'll see you next time. We hope you found what you're looking for. We could gather Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember, the future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. Show case your work, blog, or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can (laughs) customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. There is nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code REM. to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Goodbye. Hey, I'm Hari Kondabolu. And I'm Ashok Kondabolu. We're the Kondabolu Brothers, and we're excited to tell you about our new podcast on Earwolf, Kondabolu Brothers Podcast. It's a live podcast where we discuss some of the harder issues of the day. You will be witnessing two brothers talking to each other and occasionally acknowledging the audience. We discuss such topics as... 
World War One. Keenan Thompson, Pizza. We're excited for you to listen to the Bowler Brothers every Thursday on Earwolf. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. Outward creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community i think it's a -a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before it's identity it's community it's query you can find query every monday on stitcher apple Podcasts, and spotify or wherever you get your podcasts